Heavy Metal Pinball finally launched. Multimorphic adds USB and Bluetooth audio. New pinball machines shipping again. Hi, my name is Jonathan Hewson. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine, and I'm joined here with... Martin there, but I'm the editor of Pinball News, and we're here to look back on the exciting world of pinball through the month of June 2020. Right, and what an exciting month it has been. It has been, yeah, we always say that, but... Um, some months are quieter than others. This has actually been quite a busy one, I think. Yeah, not every there's not not every company has news to report. But that being said, um, I think the good news is uh, some companies are sort of starting up again after being shut down due to the uh, coronavirus. Yeah, as we said in our headlines, um, new pinball machines are shipping again from from multiple different companies. We've all started up again. Um, presumably taking um, suitable sanitary and sanitizing measures to make sure their their staff and their customers are safe in, in producing their games. But, uh, yeah, I think everybody is now back, as far as we know, um, everybody who closed down due to the virus, and all, now all back making their games in uh, some quantity or other, maybe in reduced quantity. But, um, yeah, all, and, um, and quite a lot of them have to have new games to release. Right. So um, so I suggest that, uh, but basically, let's go over each company like we usually do. And um, uh, with each company, the, the corona effects uh, yeah. will be discussed as well. So that, yeah. I think that's probably the easiest way to... Uh, to go by this, and let's start off with um, Stern Pinball, who is uh, our uh, biggest manufacturer of pinball machines still today. Yes, and um, well, we we start off with uh, something we covered in our in our special um, celebratory pinball interviews. Yes, with uh, with. Gary Stern. And for those who uh, has no idea, who have no idea that what we're talking about, uh, Gary Stern uh, celebrated his 75th birthday on the 12th of June, and uh, Martin and I were fortunate enough to have an exclusive landmark interview with Gary Stern um, the evening uh, before his birthday, uh, which we uh, then. Uh, uh, um, Published as two separate podcasts, um, which contained a wealth of information on topics that normally aren't discussed by uh, by Gary. Yes, it was uh, it was far more extensive than even even we were expecting. I think uh, it was really good of Gary to, to stay behind. Um, we started it in the afternoon and uh, carried it on, and as we were doing it, people were leaving the factory, and by the end of it, I think he was the only one left. Right. Uh, so, and, and this on the eve of his 75th birthday. So that was uh, very kind of him for doing that. Thank you to Gary. Right. And um, yes, we covered so much. So we were originally going to release it as just a, as a single interview, but there, there was so much. It was certainly worth splitting it into two to cover the the earlier years. You know, um, starting with you know his early years working in the stock room at Williams and his, and his legal studies. Um, and the buying of Chicago Coin and, and the start of Stern Electronics, um, and through the you know the formulation of uh, Pinstar and then Data East Pinball and Sega Pinball and Stern Pinball, 
and um, going through where we are now, you know, how the company is being run, how things have changed, all his experience and uh, everything that's happened in the industry over over his time in it. And uh, he's he's you know he's got a, a an overview of what's what's happened in the past. I don't know six decades, I guess. Um, uh, unlike anybody else, so it's certainly worth getting getting uh, his his take on where pinball has been, what how it's changed, and and you know, and look forward to, to where it's going. Right. So, if you want to listen to these op- uh, episodes, click here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure everyone can see the link. I hope so. Yeah, uh, else go to our uh, uh, podcast garden uh, page yes. and uh, we got this from. Um, well, you can also get uh, both parts of the uh, of the interview, the 75th birthday celebratory interview with Gary Stern uh, there as well. And you know, although we would say that, um, I think it it is definitely worthwhile listening to. Um, you know, I, you and I have both been at many seminars where we've heard Gary talking. And um, basically, tell the same story over and over and over again. Well, variations, and but but there's a lot of new stuff in here. Where, you know, we we don't get the same stories. We we you know, Gary knows what um, the kind of stuff we were after, and um, and we were able to surprise him as well with a, with a few few points. And there's some interesting bits there I've never heard mentioned before. Yes, absolutely, yeah. So definitely worthwhile. Yeah, um, it's interesting that uh, overall most of the uh, the comments that I've seen on the interview were positive, but I also got a few emails from people uh, saying that uh, they really don't like uh, podcast interviews because they prefer to read them because they have bad hearing. Oh, right. Okay. Um, valid point, I would say, but but this was never going to be a um, um, uh, a pinball magazine interview uh, in printed form or anything like this. This was just a um, uh, uh, special interview because Gary Stern was uh, celebrating his 75th uh, uh, birthday. Sorry. And, um, yeah, the the idea sort of came up on the spot. I'm actually surprised, um, and I hope I'm not mistaken, but I think we were actually the only podcast that reached out to Gary Stern for an interview. Uh, And and, uh, I asked him about that, and he said that nobody else had asked. Right. And uh, maybe after uh, somebody else uh, tried to uh, to interview him as well, as well, and they might have gotten it, but I've not kept track of anything like that. So, um, but anyway, um, like we said, uh, it was never intended to be a uh, written, uh, published interview, as no, like in, in Pinball Magazine or anything like that. So. Uh, we just uh, we were very thankful that Gary was so cooperative, and uh, um, I think it's actually uh, interesting to note that usually when, uh, or well, it's not uncommon uh, when interviewing someone at Stern that they would ask to send in the questions up front so they can prepare. Uh, their answers and they know what they're going to talk about and in this case um, we just went on the fly we prepared our questions but we didn't submit anything up front and um, uh, basically we got carte blanche and I don't think we edited out anything no not at all as you'll hear you'll hear everything that went on there you know from the uh, the the points where where Gary is talking to Shelley um, and uh, recalling how they how they first met and various other parts of their history together, 
you know, she comes into the office and says goodbye as she's going off home. You know, it's all in there. Yeah. So it's, um, we haven't taken anything out. Um, so, as you said, it was... Um, so Gary Sorin and Raw. Yeah, well, it was totally unscripted on, on his side. And, uh, and and the one time he did actually read out something which uh, was kind of like pre-prepared, I, I, I think we called him out on that and said, hey, you've got that written down somewhere. And, yeah, and uh, well, there, were, does. there were the occasional uh, um, sales pitches, so to speak. Um, but, but, okay, yeah. He's a salesman, always will be. Yeah, so. so. He's a good one. Anyway, yeah. highly recommended to check those uh, uh, very entertaining and informative um, uh, interview sessions that we did with uh, Gary Stern. And once again, thank you, uh, Gary Stern and Stern Pimble, for allowing us to do so. Indeed. So, And uh, Stern Pimble have, of course, been busy this month in many ways. They're very big on social media, which we'll come to a little bit later. But they, uh, they also launched a new game. Well, we say new. But it's one that they tried to launch before, but uh, that was just before the lockdown, and um, that kind of launch was was pulled until afterwards. And uh, and in June, they did actually release details of, of the uh, the heavy metal game that they've done in partnership with Incendium. Right. Yeah. the uh, The game celebrates three hundred issue of uh, the heavy metal magazine which is a um, uh, very um, res- well respected mm. um, art magazine I would suppose um, um, at least I know that a lot of graphic artists respect the magazine for the artwork that they find in there let's put it like yes. that yes it's a kind of sci-fi heavy metal rock um, fantasy magazine um I suppose it's comic, really, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. But, 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 but not in a bad way, you know. In the way, like you know, um, eight, um, 2000 AD was a was a comic, you know. What well, is a comic still? You know, it's a it's a very very professional and um, as you say, respected. Yes. Uh, publication. And um, yeah, so um, the game itself, uh, they have a metal game, is a uh, rethemed Star Wars pin. Um, which was in itself a re-themed Supreme and a re-themed Spider-Man Home Edition game mm-hmm. uh, with uh, some uh, uh, changes to the layout, uh, minor changes, I would say. Um, yes. Obviously, the Star Wars toys were taken out. Some heavy metal toys were put in. Um, it has uh, uh, custom artwork, I would say. And... Um, Yes, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe I'm misremembering this, which is quite possible because it's, it's quite late at night we're doing this, and it's been a long day. But um, when it was first announced, weren't there going to be two versions? Yeah, I think there were two, going two to be two different artwork packages indeed, yeah. yes. Don't recall that seeing, um, uh, I think the two sides are very different. Uh, on, on the cabinet art, lower cabinet art. So, uh, but I don't recall that they actually offered two uh, different packages. But uh, yeah, my my is only one now. Yeah. And uh, okay. Um, apparently, the game won't ship until the holiday season. Well, that's. Um, are we talking summer holiday or are we no, talking Christmas? November, December. Right. Okay. So. Um, 
which gives them plenty of time. And uh, as I understood it, it's a limited edition run, but uh, they haven't excluded, or the, the number is basically open on how many are being ordered. Yeah, it's limited to how many they can sell until until the holiday season starts. Right. Uh, at which point they'll, well, like I said, they'll make them just before the holiday season and, and ship them in time for people to get them. Uh, but uh, I don't think after that they will. They don't plan to make any more. I think. Right. So, uh, so it will be interesting to see how many will be made. Um, for those interested, the game features original recordings from Sebastian Bach, not the classic uh, composer, but uh, I <laughs> suppose you, it, uh, this is a uh, uh, more rock-oriented artist, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Brendan Small, in addition to iconic tracks from the uh, heavy metal movie original soundtrack, including Blue Oyster Cult, uh, sorry, Blue Oyster Cult, Cheap Trick, and uh, and others. Yeah. Um, and as as you mentioned, uh, well, we've seen photos from the Stern factory uh, with turtles on the line, uh, but heavy metal is, as far as we have uh, been able to see, not on the line yet, so... No, I don't suppose they'll ship them and uh, build them all in one run once they know how many they're, they're building, I suppose. Right, yeah, but, that uh, makes more sense. The thing we haven't mentioned yet is the, is the price of the game. Yeah, it's a bargain. <laughs> it's, uh, if there's an elephant in the room, that, that would be the elephant. It's um, Yeah, the, the price is uh, $7,999. Um, this for, as you said earlier, a, a retheme of the Star Wars pin. Now I, I can't remember or Spider-Man Home Game, which sold for I think around four thousand something like that. I think the Spider-Man Home Game had a smaller but color uh, LED display. Yeah, but display. The, but but, but, but the, the the play field layout is basically yes. the same. Yes, so it was similar. I think similar. But the, the ramps are a little bit different. Yeah, I think now you, there's some drop targets you need to knock down before you can shoot the left. Yeah, ramp. similar like Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, that's the same on Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so eight thousand, eight thousand dollars minus one dollar. Um, but apparently, with that, you get um, a a white glove delivery service where they, they deliver it to your home and set it up for you. So there you go. It's uh, there's some value in there as well. And of course, you know, it's going to be a limited edition. And if you're a heavy metal magazine fan or indeed a fan of the movie then um, it's it's going to be a, a fabulous uh, memento or a collectible okay so now I have a um, an odd question um, obviously this game has uh, almost the same layout as the supreme game um, which is uh, selling for well yeah it's selling for 25,000 chances are uh, with the supreme game there were only a hundred made uh, let's say there's only going to be 50 heavy metal games. Does that mean that these games will be even more expensive in time? Well, I suppose it depends what uh, what collectors are prepared to pay for it. Uh, sure. They, are, they priced Supreme at that price because they could. And, uh, and I'm sure similarly with uh, heavy metal, it's priced at $8,000 because that's, that's the... the the pitching level that they think uh, collectors will will pay for it, right? Presumably, not dedicated pinball people. No, because dedicated pinball people would say like, "Hey, for six thousand, I can get a turtles." Yeah, right. But the turtles isn't a heavy metal 
a magazine game, and if uh, that's what you've got to have, that's the price. Right. Or you cut up some old magazines and paste them all over your turtle spinball machine. Um, this is still not the same thing, but yes, you, uh, okay. Sorry. Mm. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. So, that's, uh, so that was the, the, the new game. Right. Well, not yeah, and but uh, keep it, well. Keep in mind that uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was announced at the end of uh, last month. Um, so, so that's still the new game as well, and it's in production. Uh, Pro models have shipped, and they're currently building uh, limited edition models. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 500, yeah. 500 limited edition games uh, completely sold out. Um, which doesn't mean that you're not able to find one if you're looking for one. It just means that the old distributors uh, uh, opted on buying games, but distributors uh, might still have those for sale. So if you're still looking for one, you might have to make a few phone calls, uh, but you might still find one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not sure how long it would take them to build 500 now they're, um, they're working on a slightly different production schedule, but um, I think after after those are done, they'll they'll be working on the premium models. Yes, which is a normal normal procedure, isn't it? To the pros first, then the LEs, and then the premiums. Right, and um, maybe they go in between the pr uh, limited edition and the premium and run some more pros. Uh, depends how much uh, they have in stock and how much demand there is. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, and in the meantime, um, speaking of stern social media, we've been yeah. blasted by uh, people receiving their Turtles uh, Pro game. So, lots of people unpacking games and uh, streaming uh, how they are unpacking games and uh, setting it up in their uh, game room. And um, yeah, so if you're into that, then uh, knock yourself out with all those uh, Twitch streams and what have you. Yeah, as um, I think we, we mentioned before, it's it's an interesting thing to, to watch people setting up games. I don't know how many how many uh, or how involving that is. Seeing somebody else get their game and take it out of the box. Well, uh, it can be very satisfying knowing that you don't have to lift that thing yourself. True, and yeah. it's nice to see how how games are boxed these days and uh, what they look like when they come out of the box. How much work has to go into it? I suppose it might be interesting if, if people pull out a game and find it doesn't work, or there are issues they need to fix. Whether they'll uh, they'll include that in the stream or not. Right. But, yeah. But hopefully, every game that comes out is uh, is factory tweaked. But you talked about social media earlier, and uh, Stern, as we said, have been very busy on social media. They're doing their Stern Showdown, which is where they try to work out what the what the best Stern pinball game is by pitching uh, pairs of games against each other and having a public vote as to which one is preferred right now it's getting towards the final stages of that there's a bit of a fuss the other the other day when uh, i think metallica it was came up against jurassic park and um the vote was going along and metallica was was lagging behind um slightly with uh, jurassic park in the lead and then um, somehow someone posted on a Metallica fan group that uh, this vote was taking place and all of a sudden around about 6,000 votes poured in from Metallica fans <laughs> who uh, probably don't even know anything at all about the, the, the pinball. But um, it's, it's Metallica, so all of a sudden the, uh, 
the vote swung the other way and became a 70-30 win for Metallica knocking out Jurassic Park. Right. So that was a bit of a... So where were all the Jurassic Park fans? Well, yeah, I guess nobody posted on the Jurassic Park forum. That's all about this. But uh, lesson learned for next time. Um, I think currently, uh, and this was where I checked yesterday, it may have, may have moved on since then, I don't think it has, a couple of days for each one, uh, Deadpool was up against Iron Maiden. Um, and Iron Maiden was, was marginally in the lead, 55-45 at the time. So, hmm. uh, My vote would go to Deadpool. No, no... Uh, just because um, I thought Deadpool was the funnier game. Oh, it's definitely funnier. But um, Deadpool against Iron Maiden. Uh, interesting. I, I think there's a lot of Iron Maiden fans out there. I think Deadpool... Well, um, you know, I think it's maybe underappreciated by... Okay, where's the Deadpool forum where I can... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then someone will post in the Iron Maiden uh, uh, forum, and then, uh, well, no. The Iron Maiden forum is, is probably more more likely to vote. Uh, for Deadpool? Fans did. <laughs> oh, I thought, yeah, so. Uh, I'm surprised the Metallica fans didn't vote for uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, in an ironic way, yes. Yeah, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, but um, well, continuing on their social media, Stern posted also something um, which they call uh, the find, um, which is uh, related to Stranger Things. And what it comes down to is that apparently um, they had some uh, Stranger Things uh, swag or merchandise, whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, Games like Trivial Pursuit and Monopoly and, and some other stuff. Um, and they posted a, something like a flyer-ish type of uh, image uh, with uh, 10 of those uh, 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 merchandise items posted. And apparently these will be um, packed into uh, random Stranger Pro um, uh, pinball uh, machine boxes mm -hmm. um, and uh, well if you buy a Stranger Pro things you might as well end up with a bonus game like uh, a, a Monopoly or Trivial Pursuit or uh, one of the other gadgets that they uh, included um, which I suppose is uh, a nice marketing tactic uh, but it also makes me wonder how many of those games actually uh, end up or um, these gadgets end up with people um, knowing that a lot of uh, stern distributors tend to uh, unpack a game from the box first, um, uh, set it up, tweak it so that it's completely playing correctly uh, in order to avoid that they have to uh, 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 go over yeah, to someone, yeah, do a service yeah. call, change the light bulb or what have you. Um, so then what happens if a distributor finds uh, one of these gadgets or uh, uh, what have you? Um, are they going back in the box? Are they coming with the game? Or is it a nice uh, present for one of the kids of the distributor? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting thing to, to, to put in, in the box, really. It's not something that's going to sway somebody to buy the game or not buy the game. But I suppose it's, a, it's another marketing angle to, to remind people that Stranger Things Pro is you know, really is out there and available if people want to buy it. And who knows, it might just, you know, it's, a, it's an angle, isn't it, to, to, to yeah. help promote the game. 
Yeah, but if you're really in the market for a, a, a Trivial Pursuit edition of, uh, or Stranger Things edition of Trivial Pursuit, I think there are cheaper ways to get it. Yeah, but not not so much fun. So, and uh, I mean, it, it saves Stern having to ship the ship those items out if they if they uh, sort of gave them away as part of their insider program or something like that. And they're already shipping the game, so they can they can ship the uh, the merchandise with it as well. Right. So uh, you don't suppose? Oh, I'm, I'm probably going to have to make an edit about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't suppose it's a way of Stern. Saying like, well, you bought this pinball machine, but if you don't like it that much, here's another game that you can enjoy. <laughs> uh, yeah, all part of the Stranger Things experience. You know, if, if that game wasn't enough, then here's a, here's a little bit more. Right. Okay. Well, let's look at it from the positive side. Uh, so you get a little bonus if you buy a Stranger Pro game, if you're lucky. So. Yeah, and, and talking of Stranger Things, uh, we, we normally talk about the code games in a minute, but uh, while we're on the subject, um, version 0.96 Stranger Things came out uh, just today, in fact, uh, which includes um, some changes to the rules and has quite a lot more support for the for the lighted shooter rod, um, if uh, that's something which uh, which you get. I was waiting for that. Yeah. Um, uh, adds more lighting effects and and builds on the the version 0.94, which was also released in June, which was actually quite a big update, which added lots of new awards and animations and uh, and a big bunch of fixes, uh, bug fixes, I suppose, for uh, for the game, which for the code, which included a couple of uh, potential game crashes. So obviously, it's so, important to get out there. Oh, I thought it's now going to crash more. Oh, well, maybe it's, uh, it's an operator-selectable thing, uh, crash level. Um, <laughs> and um, also included some new speech and music as well. So, yeah, if you haven't updated your game, your Stranger Things game in June, uh, or indeed in July, then um, there's, there's new code out there and you should do that because it's, uh, it's quite important to get it up to at least um, 0.94, but now, and now 0.96 as of today. Right, and... Um well, uh, since we're on the topic of code updates, there was also a code update for Elvira's House of Horrors, mm. 0.97, with uh, quite a few changes to the rules, uh, several bug fixes, new sounds, video clips, and um, uh, they tidied up the director's cut effects and video clips. Um, I have to be honest, I have no idea what that is. Uh, so that's a um, sort of almost like a home setting where you can you can have extra features and some of the some of the rules are changed and extra jokes and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, extra video clips and and sounds and things that you, you don't get in the uh, in the normal production version. Uh, things that they'd like to put in, but probably couldn't couldn't justify putting it in a location game. But if you if you if you choose to go with the director's cut, then. Um, the, yeah, it's, uh, it's now got some extra stuff built into it. Right. Uh, we noticed that Stranger Things on 0.96, Elvira's House of Horrors 0.97, um, getting close to what's normally defined as the the the, you know, the fully feature complete version of 1.0. But um, that 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 kind of uh, naming convention or numbering convention seems to um, not be not applied. To uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, I think it was, but I think the team had so much time to uh, further develop code during the uh, uh, COVID nineteen lockdown 
uh, that uh, that they're currently actually at uh, 1.04. Right. Okay. Uh, they are at 1.04, which came out this month. Um, but that's that's just a uh, uh, that's a fix really for 1.01. Um, we had a problem with the Cowabunga Wizard mode wasn't wasn't running when it should have done. Cowabunga! Uh, yeah, exactly. It didn't sound like that either. So maybe they fixed that in 1.04. Um, 1.01 came out in uh, 23rd of June, uh, which was mainly around um, some of the changes to the cooperative gameplay modes. And remember that um, they introduced that with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where you can you can have players you know, team up or uh, either as groups of two against two or one against three or one against two or, or all four together yeah. in order to, to get further through the game and, uh, and share um, some of the awards. Um, it also included some uh, bug fixes, and, uh, as you'd expect, and some tweaks to lighting effects and some of the gameplay features. But um, it's interesting that if, if they had all that extra time that uh, they put all the, all the development time into the new game, and um, meanwhile, Elvira's House of Horrors and Stranger Things aren't yet. Well, there's different different production teams uh, or um, uh, program teams, I suppose, and they might be working on something else as well in the meantime. Yeah, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're working on on, on the next releases. Yes. So, um, but but you do have a valid point. Uh, you might expect that more. Yeah, you do, do. Yeah. More, more code aids uh, expected, uh, but who knows? We might be surprised in uh, this month or, you know, over the summer, or something like that. So, anyway, also but, on social media, I think we can expect to see um, quite a few pictures of uh, from the Stern factory of people there wearing their Stern face masks, which. Uh, which are now available from the Stern shop. Yeah, probably, uh, since uh, hopefully the coronavirus is only a temporary thing, so these might be very limited. Get uh, get get yours now. Well, yes, they are branded with some, some custom artwork uh, and uh, hashtag play strong, whatever that means. Well, I think that's uh, sort of a derivative of what Steve Ritchie used to say, play better. Oh, if you said that, that would make even more sense. But, yeah. Uh, Play strong? I don't know. But uh, I'm, I'm actually surprised. I'm, I haven't seen more pinball branded face masks out there, seeing as they, everyone seems to want and will have to wear them now. Not sure many people want to wear them, but uh, um, I, was, I was thinking about you know, whether it's possible to print your own pinball designed um, you know, get individual game themes. You can have a different one for each, each day of the week, and uh, or different companies even. No, but uh, this seems to be, the, as far as I'm aware, the only dedicated pinball branded face mask right. available, and that's uh, nine dollars ninety nine. From what? Yeah, well, it's it's washable, I guess, reusable. It's not not a wear once and, uh, and dispose of. Hmm. Okay. If you say so. So. Um, well, so, you don't sound convinced. Uh, um, I'll just. Uh, stick with the uh, the uh, well the face mask that I'm currently using, and I try to use them as few as possible. Uh, but uh, we're uh, obligated to use them in the uh, public transport when, uh, uh, when when using that. So that's pro that's the only time. Uh, thankfully, we're 
past the lockdown situation over here and um, things are liberating uh, quite a bit so um, we still have to keep our distance but bars and so on are open but okay I'm completely losing uh, the, 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 the focus point over here um, because we were talking about the stern shop and uh, one of the other items that you can get in this stern shop is a a Jurassic Park topper. At last. Yes. And um, sorry to inform you, uh, the price tag is not the same as uh, the uh, the face masks. Well, (laughs) then I take two, I guess. Uh, No, six hundred dollars gets you a, um, from what I understood, a static topper with uh, several layers of plastic. and in that topper is uh, some uh, uh, are some uh, LEDs um, which um, light up in a track mode. And uh, during gameplay, it allows you to uh, to spell Jurassic Park, which is actually a carryover feature um, uh, on the game. And I suppose when completed, it uh, unlocks a special mode. Yes, I, I believe it does, which. Uh has has got people wondering how they can fool the, the game into thinking that you have the topper installed so you can get this special mode without having to spend $600. Right. Uh, well, that's basically uh, buy a topper, reverse engineer it, and uh, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sure somebody will work it out over time. So they, they do. They've got some, some clever sure. people out there. Yeah. Like this. We have uh, top men working on it right now, and women, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and in the meantime, uh, if the coronavirus wasn't enough, um, the US and probably uh, parts of uh, other parts of the world as well um, uh, had other issues, um, uh, uh, riots even, and, and so on, um, having to do with the, uh, the death of uh, George Floyd, which was... Uh, um, as sorry as it is already, um, and that um, uh, um, following probably lots of other companies, Stern Pinball also put out a message. Um, you want to elaborate on that? Um, yeah, they they basically said, well, it was, a, it was from Gary Stern saying. Um, well, he was spelling out the company's stand against racism and injustice and saying that they will uh, work towards a more just tomorrow by educating themselves and promoting positive change and supporting the black community. Right. Um, no, no details exactly how they're going to do that. Okay. But, um, but I think they were, I think I'm right in saying they're the only pinball company who put out any comment um, <clears throat> in regard to that matter. Right. So, um, uh, now, uh, this whole racism thing is mostly focusing on uh, the black community, if, you, if, if, if I'm allowed to call it that. If I'm not, then please don't um, um, beat me up for that. Um, but I think um, uh, such a statement from Stern is actually not a surprise at all, um, considering how many Mexicans are working in the, uh, in, in the factory. Yeah, that's true. Well, working in yeah, on the production line. Yeah. Well, and um, 
I don't think anybody could ever accuse Gary Stern or anybody at Stern from being a racist. Um, at least, well, obviously we're not working there, but if you have so many, uh, I suppose uh, there, there's quite a few uh, different ethnic cultures uh, and ethnicities uh, working at Stern. So um, it would be far-fetched to call them racist, but as far as yeah, I know. I don't think anybody was. So. Yeah, so... Anyway, so yeah, good. Okay, well, I think that pretty much wraps up uh, the news from from uh, that particular part of Elk Grove Village. Right, and uh, let's move on to uh, well, almost neighbours, um, Jersey Jack Pitbull. Yeah, they've got their new factory just uh, one street away uh, from from Stern Pitbull, and yeah. um, they've been setting everything up and, and started their pimple manufacturing there along with uh, with all the other companies in Illinois once they were allowed to and they've uh, they've shipped the first games from their new factory yeah uh, they were, they were uh, delivered or they were picked up I should say by uh, Hemispheres Amusements uh, I, I, I don't know exactly which games they were but I think they were Willy Wonkers don't most they? likely uh, yes yeah I think they were yeah um, so well, congratulations to Jersey Jack and Ball on getting there on the, on the, the first game shipped from the new place. Right, and uh, what's interesting to notice about uh, the new play, the new place, uh, Jersey Jack Pinball Place, um, on uh, their Facebook, they shared a photo of uh, the entrance uh, of the building. Uh, where they have three games set up uh, from the top of my head because I don't have the picture present. I think there's a Willy Wonka, a Yellow Brick Road, uh, Wizard of Oz, and possibly a Dialed In. But Yeah, I think it was Dialed In. Yeah. Um, and the reason that I mentioned that is that it's actually interesting that they sort of created this, well, this little showroom, if you will. Um, I don't think Stern Pinball has a showroom like that. They have the uh, the enormous row, uh, the arcade in the factory, mm. uh, but this is a clearly a presentation like um, sort of a um, um, uh, window dressing, I would almost call it, uh, you know, basically showcasing we make pinball machines and this is what they look like. And... Um, yeah, so so I it's a nice uh, little touch, I suppose. Yeah, I also kind of wonder why they have those those three out of the five. Is it five that they've made? Yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. pirates so and hobbits are missing. Hmm. Yeah, wonder why. Suppose that maybe they don't have any. Maybe they've they've sold them all. Um, that might be the case. I'm not sure whether they are keeping one of each. Um, uh, in, in stock for a future museum or what have you so um, uh, which is actually very uncommon for pinball companies to do so um, it's, it's not a tradition so and um, well uh, speaking of Jersey Jack um, they re- uh, uh, well Ken Cromwell is there in charge of uh, uh, communication and uh, what have you um, yeah, a communication specialist, I believe, is the, uh, the title. Sorry if I got the title uh, incorrect. Um, and he um, uh, published two podcasts, um, uh, one with an interview, uh, or where he's interviewing uh, Brett Abyss, uh, who is, uh, uh, according to the, um, uh, the podcast, um, and I have to... 
the owner of uh, Jersey Jack Pinball, although I have to admit that I was under the impression that his father, Leonard Abbas, was uh, sort of the investor. But I'm not sure yeah. which which is exactly the role that Brett is uh, playing in this, but he certainly seemed very enthusiastic about uh, uh, the company and why they got involved in it and uh, what's the, the coming from JJP in the in the very near future. Yeah, it was very very big on on uh, promoting their uh, upcoming innovations, but giving no details of what what they are or any, any timelines. We've seen that before. I think we mentioned that in the last podcast. Of the, yeah, there was uh, a teaser. Yes, um, saying you know if you want you want an innovation, no, we haven't seen anything yet. Well, we haven't seen anything yet. That's true, but hopefully we will do before too long. <laughs> but yes, it, uh, like you, you know, it was interesting when when. Uh, Jersey Jack Pinballs was um, was uh, brought in investors who were led by uh, Leonard Abess, uh, who, as you say, is uh, is Brett's father. Um, we haven't heard any any official announcement about any change of ownership, but um, but Brett was announced as um, in the in the podcast interview as the JJP owner, right? Which um, was interesting. Um, well, it makes you wonder what happened to to Leonard. Um, he was certainly heavily involved in, in setting up the uh, the Illinois side of Jersey Jack Pinball and, um, and and running the office up there. I think for a long time. And, and now Brett is uh, is seems to be um, sort of like the operations manager for uh, all the all the no, COO or whatever for uh, Jersey Jack Pinball or or something like that. But um, yeah, I don't know what the exact job title is. No, but uh, anyway, the first interview was, was uh, with uh, from Ken in the Behind the Back Glass series, which interestingly that's that's a that's a brand which um, is promoted in the blog podcast, but doesn't seem to be promoted on on their website anywhere. Well, there is a, the a there, there's a video teaser on their um, social media. Um, where you see various employees of Jersey Jack uh, promoting the uh, Behind the Back Loss uh, uh, series, um, encouraging people to uh, send in a video with their questions for the Jersey Jack team, and they will answer everything that they can. Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Ken did say that uh, the intention is not that these will be a series of interviews, it just so happens that uh, the first one was, and and episode two also uh, is available on the Jersey Jack Pinball website, which is getting kind of features a, a, a round table, I would say, with um, with Joe Cass, uh, who does uh, the software, I don't know, some of the software for Jersey Jack Pinball, um, Peter Dawn, some mechanical engineer there, and Eric Munier, um, game designer, and, and previously electrical engineer, um, on the... Um, Looking more at um, how the what's the recent news is from the, the factory and uh, the pros and cons of working from home and uh, and how it feels to be to be back in the factory and, and producing games again. So that's uh, two two more podcasts um, or two podcasts, I should say, from uh, from Just Jet Pinball uh, behind the background series. Right. So uh, yeah, and on their uh, social media. Um, well, Jersey Jack have been promoting uh, various pinball locations with uh, obviously Jersey Jack pinball machines who have been reopening after uh, 
uh, closure due to the coronavirus. So um, I guess that sums it up for Jersey Jack Pinball, I suppose. Yeah, I think it does. So let's, uh, let's head a little bit north and uh, see what our, our friends up at Spooky Pinball are doing. Uh, they've um, obviously producing Rick and Morty and will be for quite some time. But right. uh, along with that, they've uh, brought out some new code. Uh, version well, they 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 version their software according to the date of release, right? Or the date it was signed off, anyway. Uh, so the most recent one comes from the nineteenth of June this year. So it's it's version twenty twenty dot oh six dot nineteen, which adds uh, another couple of uh, dimensions, which uh, which are the way that um, kind of like modes, which enable extra features during gameplay. And uh, added an extra wall award, uh, fixed some gameplay bugs, and uh, kind of just just fiddled around with some of the game settings and the award levels and uh, and values. So just uh, making it tidying it up, making it a bit more uh, complete. Right. So, and uh, well, there's more news from uh, Spooky Pinball. Um, at the time of uh, this recording, um, their uh, uh, July podcast had not been out, so uh, we don't know whether there's any news in that. Um, uh, but uh, what was announced is um, that um, there's a new project um, launched by uh, Bug Emery, the son of Charlie. Um, where um, basically they're going to be selling uh, a powder-coated armor kits. And you have to think of uh, legs and the lock bar, uh, back bar hinges, side rails, and, and all that kind of stuff for uh, uh, games like Alice Cooper, uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation, and um, um, I'm not sure whether uh, you can pick your own color or whether they uh, uh, just... just uh, in, in some cases you can. There's, a, there's some games where they have a couple of choices, but uh, games like uh, America's Most Haunted, uh, that I think only comes in a sort of ghostly white color. Right. And um, so, and... Um, um, uh, including uh, shipping in the US, uh, uh, such a... Um, Kits, powder coated armor kits, if you want to call it like that, uh, will cost you 445 US dollars. Yeah, it's not bad really, considering you get the, the legs of the lock bar, back box hinges, and side rails as well. Right, do you, which, do, uh, do you get any do you get any refunds for your old legs and side <laughs> rails and, uh, and, and what have you? No, I think they're, uh, well, I've I guess once you've taken them off, you could send them off and get them powder-coated to, to something else, if, if that was what you wanted. But um, it's also worth mentioning that the, the Alice Cooper and Total Annihilation, Total Nuclear Annihilation games, I'll just, I'll just call it TNA, for, for uh, ease of, of pronunciation, uh, those two games also come with some, uh, some speaker grills as well in, in the kit, although the earlier games um, didn't have those, so they're not included, but... Uh, but the price is the same for all, anyway. Um, yeah, so I think it's some nice, nice colours and some nice finishes on that. And this is, this is this powder coating is something they, they're doing in the in the factory. I think is that right, John? Yeah, I think uh, they built a separate uh, powder coating room in their new facility. Right. So, um, well, good benefit from the new place then. Yeah, good, good investment, job. I suppose. Um, 
And uh, it actually sort of makes me wonder, uh, obviously there's already a topper for uh, Alice Cooper, but um, since they're into these um, uh, add-ons to the game, um, I'm wondering whether we're going to see a uh, an official Total Nuclear Annihilation topper as well. Ah, yeah, good point. And uh, for the record, we haven't heard anything about that. It's just me wondering, speculating, um, and maybe uh, throwing an idea in the hat. Who knows? Mm. Okay. Well, I can't think of anything else, uh, any other news yet from, from Spooky, unless you have any. No, I think um, that's it for this month. Okay, let's move on. Um, let's go back to, uh, to Illinois and... Um, and our friends at American Pinball, who are uh, producing their, their Hot Wheels game. Now they're, they're firmly set up at their, their new place in Palatine. Right. And um, they, they offered, uh, in, in the same, well, it's slightly more generous, I suppose, a way than um, Stranger Things Pro. They, they've offered a, the first 500 games produced will come with a free shaker motor. Woohoo! So, yeah, well, I don't know, reasonable value to that. So, yeah. Uh, and it sounds like it's the sort of thing that, that's a must-have in, in a Hot Wheels game. You, you, you can think of many uses, uh, many instances where that would come in useful. Right. But um, rather than having to buy it as an aftermarket add-on, the first 500 games um, will come with it in sort. Right. So, and um, yeah, what's also interesting uh, to note is uh, obviously um, American Pinball launched this game, or they sort of announced it. Um, just before the coronavirus lockdowns, yeah, um, which resulted in that they were not able to um, to stream it um, in the meantime. Uh, neither could they build it because obviously the factory was closed. But now that things are loosening up a little bit in Illinois, um, Deadflip finally got the uh, um, the the honor of. Um, streaming Hot Wheels on uh, June 13th and um, I actually watched that stream and I have to say I was actually quite impressed with how much fun the game is yeah it just seemed to be quite quite a common reaction um, words coming in do seem to indicate that it's a fun game to play and uh, certainly you know if the theme is not entirely to your to your liking, then the, the gameplay certainly seems seems to more than make up for that. Right. And, and, if, and if it is, then uh, that's an added bonus. Yeah. Well, but but I think it's a very good um, uh, accomplishment from the team at American Pinball that they. Um, uh, the, the interesting thing is, and I think the uh, the consensus, if you look uh, on some of the uh, the discussions online. Um, while Turtles might be, uh, if we're talking about two games coming out around the same time, uh, Hot Wheels and Turtles, and, and we start comparing, uh, based on the license, Turtles might uh, be an easy pick uh, as being the favorite game. But based on gameplay, it appears that Hot Wheels might actually be beating Turtles at that. And nothing against Turtles, but here we have a game that is... Um, where they uh, it appears to um, focus on on basically creating a fun game from the start, um, and then 
making sure that it's deep enough to keep it entertaining. Uh, while with Turtles, um, you instantly have to wonder, like, uh, which character are you going to pick? And how is it going to affect with uh, uh, multipliers and what have you uh, on on during gameplay? Um, which for uh, quite possibly, if you're not a tournament player... Um, you don't care for that much for that, you know. You just want to flip a ball around and have some fun. And um, Hot Wheels seems to be uh, achieving just that. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles doesn't suffer from the same kind of um, bewildering selection you, you get on on some some uh, games like uh, well, Game of Thrones was one, wasn't it, where you had to pick your house. And, and most people who hadn't, or casual players, wouldn't have a clue what difference makes. Right. And, um, and then Star Wars was, took that to, to extremes um, with, with having so many choices to make or from which you can pick at the start of the game. Yeah. But uh, at least with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, there are only four to pick from. Right. And, and the benefits of them are... Well, hopefully spelled out on the screen. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, but uh, it's it's interesting that the uh, the benefits from which turtle you pick. I think there's two levels uh, indicated, and the first level uh, once you reach that, it awards something. Uh, but you uh, but but you also have to keep in mind what the second level is, uh, and uh, the, in case you reach that, of course. Um, so, um, I sense a little bit that Turtles is, uh, code-wise, more intended at uh, tournament players, which is fine, of course, but um, um, there might be a market for people who just want to have some fun. Yeah, I, I think I'll counter that and say that I think it's good to have both, both catered for. You know, you have the, the immediate award that you get from picking a turtle, but then you also get the... You have to, if you're a, 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 say, a tournament or a homeowner or, or you know, a more in-depth player, then you have to you can think further into the game and think, well, okay, this I get this straight away, but later on I'm going to I'm going to want that, so I won't pick the obvious choice. So you know, it's it's got the two levels of, of uh, appeal to it: the, the uh, immediate gratification and the, and the strategy as well. So I, I do quite like that, but it doesn't become too complicated and, and confusing for the casual player. Right, put all that in. Yeah, so... But, um, yeah, and um, uh, earlier or, uh, this evening, um, I texted with uh, uh, Michael Grant, who is in charge of um, uh, sales at American Pinball, whether he had any news. And he and, uh, told me American Pinball will announce a new code update for Hot Wheels later today. Ooh, any, any idea what that might include yet? A new code. Ah, okay. <laughs> that would be the new code. <laughs> yeah. So, no, he didn't uh, specify what, what would be happening, but uh, keep an eye out on the uh, American Pinball uh, social media uh, for more details on that. Um, um, he also pointed out that the, uh, the mod couple revealed several mods to enhance your Hot Wheels game, uh, which seemed to be quite fitting uh, with the game. I have to uh, say, uh, those mods look uh, uh, interesting. Uh, they're not very complex, um, if I may say so. And um, But they, they, they sure uh, dress up your game, if you're, uh, if you're into that. 
Yeah, and I noticed uh, American people, I think it was American people, um, also put out a video or um, some information anyway about, about, about how you can replace the cars that are supplied with the game with your own choice of cars. Yes. So if you have certain preferences for, for certain models, then you can you can replace the ones that are in the game. So you know, obviously modding this game is, you know, is, is, is a big business. Uh, not just for American Pinball, but for uh, outside companies as well to make mods for it. And uh, maybe that's um, that's uh, a good way for uh, American Pinball to, to build in- interest and uh, and get a following behind the game to uh, to make make them even you know, easier to customise than um, than you know, other companies that just say, "Oh, there's the game, and um, th- that's all there is to it. That's all we're going to sell you." Stern have obviously taken on the, the idea of adding mods through their Stern shop, but uh, maybe American are, are making it a little easier for, for buyers to, to make their own mods or, or, or modify the game in their own way. Well, with these one dollar cars, uh, these these Hot Wheels cars, uh, I think are they still a uh, dollar? I don't know. I don't know anything about them. Okay, well, uh, so they used to be a dollar, and maybe they still are, or maybe they are two. two. So basically, these are the cheapest mods you can get to mod your pinball machine if you have a Hot Wheels. Of, of you, can, you can, you know. So uh, if you feel like uh, swapping cards around, then uh, well, there you go. Um, what's also interesting um, watching the stream from uh, Jack Danger. On uh, on the Hot Wheels games, um, I thought it was rather interesting how um, the game seems to have elements from other games in sort of like the storyline. I'm not sure. Did you watch the stream? Did you have you have you? I, I didn't. I did it. Ah, well, then you probably can elaborate. Uh, <laughs> no, um, you explain it to me. Uh, though there's this uh, 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 evil character um, that that is causing some uh, issues, um, there's a uh, um, he's he's causing problems in a city, and then you have a news broadcast uh, uh, talking about what's happening in the city and so on. So th- that sort of reminded me a little bit of Dialed In. Yeah, sounds like it. And um, uh, there were some other elements that reminded me of uh, other games as well. Obviously, I should have written them down because now I can't remember which ones. Uh, but I thought it was uh, that was rather interesting. Um, I have to say, I was very impressed also with the uh, the animations on the uh, uh, LCD of Hot Wheels. And okay. uh, I, I understand that they got. Uh, there, there's some YouTube series or something like that that they were able to use uh, for storylines and what have you. Um, but also the um, um, uh, the fonts used for uh, scoring and, and um, indicating certain awards and what have you, um, it looked very um, good to me. Let's say, let's just say it looked good to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, so. Uh, compliments, I, I suppose, to uh, Josh Kugler and his team. And um, yeah, I'm I'm very curious how Hot Wheels will do because uh, this could be a very interesting game for operators. I think. Yeah, so it certainly looks like it. I think that was certainly where um, American Pinball were, were aiming this game. Uh, um, 
it's, it's not to say it's not a, a home collector's game too, but they, they certainly made the game a lot more uh, maintainable, you know, without having hugely complex mechanisms or big parts of the playfield inaccessible. Um, so it can be cleaned and maintained and uh, operated with minimal maintenance. Um, and they, and they, they put that in their, uh, their launch literature, I think, saying it was deliberately designed that way. So it sounds like they've also made it fun as well, which is even better. Right. So, um, And then there's um, one more little bit of news uh, from American Pinball, which is, uh, mm, well, not as much fun, I suppose. No. Um, uh, we reported a couple of months ago that Jim Petla came out of retirement um, uh, to work uh, at American Pinball. And um, I think he started out as a, a part-time employee. Um, and uh, soon enough that became full-time and uh, unfortunately um, Jim has uh, decided to leave American Pinball and uh, who knows he might be pursuing uh, other business interests or go back to being retired um, that remains to be seen but uh, yeah it's. Uh, I was uh, sort of disappointed to see that uh, that they split ways Hmm. Yeah, it's a shame. Obviously, some kind of uh, falling out there or uh, dissatisfaction on, on Jim's part with the, with his role at the company. Um, so. Yeah. Um, I know details. I can't talk about it, no. so I won't. No, that's fine. No. no. Um, but I'm, I'm sure we'll... You know, a man of, uh, of Jim's, obviously, enthusiasm and uh, energy, even, even, uh, even at the age that he is, I'm sure we'll be hearing more from him before too much longer uh, I can only hope so I mean uh, I think Jim brings uh, quite some experience uh, to the table and um, uh, I can imagine other pinball companies being interested now that he came out of retirement so hopefully um, other companies are paying attention yeah well, well we'll leave that there for now uh, more to follow I'm sure and uh, so Okay, move. Let's, uh, I think that's uh, pretty much covered most of the uh, American pinball news. Yes, uh, having happenings uh, from American pinball. So let's uh, let's head to way down south and uh, go to um, Jerry and the team at Multimorphic, right, in, in down in Texas, who uh, have been uh, been busy as as ever. Do you, you say Jerry or Gary? Uh, Jerry. Oh, no, okay. Just, just trying to avoid oh. any, any. Oh right. Oh yes. Yes, I, I get your point. Yes. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll we'll hear from uh, from the the G man a bit later. Um, so far, he never disappoints. He doesn't. No, never disappoints in disappointing. Um, but anyway, yes. Back to Multimorphic, who have been busy, as I was saying. Um, they've had their their full production team at the factory for the last couple of weeks now I think and uh, so they're, they're they're busy building games they're uh, building their uh, well, I suppose as they're busy building heist yes um, most likely that's that's obviously their most recent game and uh, now that production has resumed uh, that's the game that's um, really in demand 
uh, it's been getting great reviews um, and uh, more and more people are ordering. And the good news is if you're in the market for a heist, um, there is an introduction offer. Um, and let me look up how much it exactly is. Uh, if I think I wrote it down. Oh, yeah. Uh, $9,995 uh, is the uh, introduction special for heist. Uh, while technically... Uh, that offer expired. Multimorphic is still honoring that price, uh, but they also reserve the right to end that offer at any time. Ah, so on borrowed time, if you want to want to get your P3 pinball platform and the heist module and software and and uh, I guess artwork as well for that game. Yeah, and the back box, I think, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Now's the time to do it before, yeah. uh, before that offer runs out. Right, and uh, you have to keep in mind that um, uh, obviously the game is in demand, so there's about a six-week lead time uh, for new orders, um, which still is not too bad, I suppose. And hopefully it will uh, stay at six weeks, because I understand that Texas is a sort of a coronavirus crisis at the moment. It is indeed, yeah. They're closing bars and uh, shutting down various various uh, facilities, um, as has been a, a sharp increase in the curve of uh, infections and, 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 and deaths are also, uh, the rate of death um, from, from COVID-19 is also on the increase. So uh, not, not good news um, there. But... Um, Let's not dwell too much on that because uh, no. But let's hope that that, that the, the team can continue building games. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's yeah there's, no, there's no indication they're going to close down the manufacturing or um, uh, businesses at the moment, at least. Um, but as, as you say, that that could change um, if if the if the numbers don't start to or the, the, to call them numbers. It's uh, it's people uh, being infected or dying from from COVID nineteen um, doesn't start to uh, to come down. Um, but in the meantime, um, yes, um, it's all about heist. Uh, but the, they're also still working on the software for that game as well. Yes, and it was also announced uh, uh, earlier today by uh, Jerry um, uh, Stellenberg from Multimorphic um, that uh, there is a heist update uh, in the making, and the next update will have uh, player profiles. And co-op play as well. And with player profiles, you might wonder, uh, okay, so what good is that? Um, one of the things that you might be able to do with your player profile, um, since Heist has an, uh, a third upper flipper, uh, I think there's a setting in the menu where you can uh, choose on which uh, flipper button you want that uh, to operate that uh, upper flipper. And if you store that in your profile, then it will always be on that flipper, while it might be on a different button for a different player. That's right. that's one of the things that you are probably able to store in your player profile. Right, and, and presumably history of, of uh, scores and uh, and yeah, other preferential settings as well. Yes, unlimited extra balls and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, no volume settings, that kind of thing. If you think you always like turn the volume up when you play or uh, whatever, um, but that's something which is coming to the next next software update for Heist. But there've also been um, some software updates 
as well for um, other games. And one of the key features they've introduced this month is um, to do with, the, with listening to the audio from the game. Now, previously, it was pretty much limited to listening to the speakers in the game, mm-hmm. as good as they are. It's not, sometimes nice to wear headphones or to to even to uh, pipe that out into an, an external amplifier and speakers. So now Multiborphic have added USB and Bluetooth audio support to uh, the, their P3 games, starting with Cosmic Kart Racing. Now that means you can, you can go into a special menu by holding in the flipper buttons when you start the game to pair the game with your headphones if you're using Bluetooth, or if you're a homeowner, you can open the door and plug some USB headphones into one of the ports inside the game. Now, at the moment, you have to open the door to do that, but uh, Jerry told me uh, when I contacted him about it that uh, they are planning on having external ports available as well on the game, so people, if you're operating the game on location, for instance, or don't want to keep opening the door, you should be able to just uh, plug your your uh, USB headphones into a USB port that will be presented on the outside of the cabinet and um, it will immediately detect them and the audio will then go through there. So that would be good for, for keeping the noise down uh, in a home environment and also for getting uh, much more, much clearer audio in, in an operated uh, location. Right. So they are going to bring that out to other games, but at the moment it's um, it's just Cosmic Kart Racing. But yeah, as I say, there will be software updates coming for all the games to because uh, it's kind of like a core function now and should be almost game independent as as to which uh, as to whether they have this uh, USB and Bluetooth support. It should be something that will be available on on all past games and future games. Right. So I guess uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so hopefully, um, well, um, it will be very interesting. It's too bad that we don't have any pinball shows yet, um, uh, because I'm really curious to see how people will respond once they get a chance to play Heist at a pinball show. Right now, it's it's basically uh, limited to the people who already ordered the P3 uh, platform. Previously, or or just bought it now, but most of those games are in private collections, and I'm really curious what will happen once uh, uh, more people get to experience uh, this game. Yeah, well, I haven't haven't got to play any of the, the recent games. I haven't got my hands on on Hot Wheels or or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yet. So, they're really keen to to get back into playing pinball on location or uh, in private homes right so, so staying in uh, staying in Texas yeah then we move to a little south to uh, San Antonio uh, which is uh, probably uh, one of the uh, corona crisis hazards spot. yes yeah. just behind Houston I think there's the uh, I'm only Austin <laughs> is uh, is also up there as well but yeah, basically all the, all the uh, the big centers. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, we're talking. Uh, well, uh, deep root pinball, of course. Uh, we still have to um, um, officially uh, release their first game, um, but uh, we know there's a team of people working there. And um, Steve Ritchie informed us yesterday, I think it was, that um, he was informed that uh, pinball designer Barry Osler, who was working for 
Deepwood Pinball has been hospitalized and um, has been confirmed uh, to be diagnosed with COVID-19. Yes, obviously uh, bad news. Uh, Barry, Barry said that he thought he'd be in hospital for a while. Yeah, and uh, well, considering his age, uh, I think Barry is, um, well, uh, I'd say at least in his late 60s, if not 70s. Mm, I'd have thought about 70. So uh, that makes him uh, probably the, um, um, the, the, the very vulnerable uh, age group um, who is at risk of dying from COVID. Yes, I'm sure they were taking plenty of precautions there to make sure that uh, that doesn't doesn't develop any further. And uh, and obviously we all wish you know, Barry all the best and hope he's fully recovered and, and back out and back back working at Deep Root uh, as soon as possible. Yeah, uh, we, want, we want to see him at uh, at the launch and at future game shows to present his games to us. Yeah. So um, and um, so apparently, um, well, there's more news on Barry Osler um, uh, in, in regards to uh, Deep Root, um, and it has a sort of to do with the uh, Seattle area that seems to boycott Deep Root. Um, what happened is apparently a um, an, an, uh, a twenty year old or even older photo of Barry Osler. Um, appeared where he uh, apparently um, had some sort of Halloween costume where he was wearing a blackface and um, uh, some people in the Sierra uh, Seattle area um, commented on that photo and the, uh, mostly on the way that Deep Roots responded to that photo um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not it was quite, quite a sort of dismissive Response, uh, not not really addressing it, but um, I, I don't know what they were, what, what people were expecting. Uh, were they expecting Deep Root to, to sack Barry for it, or to to make some kind of? Um, well, I, I don't know. I don't know what people were expecting Deep Root to say. They just um, reiterated that they're a, a racially diverse and welcoming company, as you would expect them to. Right. Um, and, and sort of left it at that on the basis that saying anything much else would, uh, would probably be unhelpful. Well, uh, also for Deep Root, we know there's different, um, if, uh, part of my uh, English, if it's not accurate, it's not my uh, uh, native language, but there's different entities uh, uh, working at Deep Root as well. So it's, it's not that you can accuse Deep Root of being uh, racist or anything like that. And... Um, no, I, I think it was just the fact that they didn't didn't address the, the complaint um, that was made to them about about that picture um, per se, but just just talked about things in general terms, which uh, annoyed people. But uh, I'm not sure exactly what kind of boycott there can be for Deep Root because they haven't got a product and they're not selling anything at the moment. So right. Um, so, and, and speaking of selling products, um, uh, there was a bit of news uh, regarding that. Um, Deepu did update their website on uh, June fifteenth, which was before this whole uh, uh, other issue mm -hmm. occurred. 
Um, and let me just quote it. Um, basically, it says in 2018, we wanted to show off the five days of Deep Root, and back in March, we wanted to show off live in front of guests and a grand launch. Uh, neither of those launch concepts make any uh, sense anymore. Therefore, soon we will take a low-key approach. We will welcome a few pinball VIPs for a special recorded tour through our research and development history, innovations and facilities. And the website says a little bit more, but basically we're looking at a low-key launch uh, for a few invitees only um, and um, I'm afraid that um, well uh, with Trump already announcing that uh, the, the US borders will remain closed for the rest of the year for citizens from the European Union I won't be one of those uh, VIPs uh, no nor me apparently so well you're no longer in the European Union and not a VIP um yeah, we're, we're in the European Union to the end of the year. Ah. Yeah. So. Well, for, yes, we are for all, all official uh, purposes. Um, yeah, so we won't be doing that. Um, but there isn't any timescale on when they're going to do this uh, low-key. It's just soon. Uh, this is low key. Yeah, okay, but but then again, uh, with the whole coronavirus uh, situation in in Texas now, you can yeah. expect further delays. Obviously, uh, Deep Root has already been uh, uh, suffering delays from um, uh, parts not being available, uh, companies sh shutting down, or uh, goods not being delivered, and all that kind of supply chain issues, uh, as we yes. call that. That's right. So um, yeah, it, it still remains to be seen when. Uh, when we can expect product from uh, from Deep Root, and in the meantime, let's just hope that they keep continuing uh, developing their games, and that it will help them uh, build a portfolio that once they're ready to uh, to launch, um, that they might surprise us all. Well, I think they need to. Um, if they've got that many people working there, they. No, they, they can't keep working indefinitely and uh, not not produce any product for sale. So I'm sure that, I'm sure they're as keen as anybody to, to start uh, or to put their games out there and get get uh, get orders for them. But um, yeah, right now it's not looking great, and um, the, the 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 that announcement about having a low key recorded launch doesn't really sort of have much of the sort of showbiz and pizzazz and and uh, the bravado really which uh, we come to expect from from deep deep root in there uh, know how they're going to change the game and uh, break the mold and do something completely different and blow the socks off everybody and and now it's a it's a low-key uh, recorded launch yeah still in the end it'll be the game that, that, that we'll do all the talking so Let's, let's wait to see what they come up with. Right. So, um, yeah, moving on to, um, uh, well, a little bit outside uh, the U.S., I suppose. Um, home pin in Taiwan. Yeah. Um, not not making pinballs yet, as far as I'm aware. No. Um, they're still working on fitting out their factory and, um, and getting, getting the equipment up and running. 
because um, they, they showed show some pictures on Facebook of uh, the building and, and the installation work that, that's taking place there. Yeah, apparently the building was uh, heating up quite a bit, um, basically because it's in bright sunlight most of the day. And um, uh, it's a metal building, and apparently that, um, that heats up quite a bit um, mm. when being exposed to direct sunlight. Uh, so it's being, um, I suppose, uh, um, isolated or something like that. Um, uh, insulated. Insulated, yes. Yeah, so, sorry, that's my not native English. No, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that's one of the things that's happening. And um, another issue that they're uh, uh, currently facing is that it turns out the, um, uh, the current, uh, the voltage used in, uh, in Taiwan is different uh, than what is being used in China. Which means that uh, a lot of their machinery is not working. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so, so what I understood is that they're trying to fix uh, uh, each machine. But I'm wondering, isn't it easier to just get a generator and uh, generate the, the right voltage that you need to operate all those machines? Well, it may not be possible to, to do that. They might have um, emissions restrictions. Around there, if you get a generator, you know it produces um, emissions and it produces noise, and maybe that that kind of thing's not allowed okay. in that area. And also, you know, how, how long are they going to keep doing that for? Um, it's not a. It's normally having a generator is not a long term solution. It's just a stopgap, right? Uh, until, you, until you can get the the core issue solved. So, seeing as they're not making games at the moment, it's probably going to be easier for them to get that sorted out first and right. get everything working and then they can start start uh, ramping up the production properly. Right. Okay. So, um, um, that was basically all the news from uh, Homepin that there is to report. Um, and if we move a little uh, more south, I suppose we uh, we end up in Australia. Um, Haggis Pimble. Yeah, um, been very quiet from, from uh, Haggis, really. We haven't had any videos or uh, any updates on any of their social media feeds other than to say that they, they're still there and they will have some news in a, in a, in a few weeks. Yeah. So it sounds like we're not going to get anything you know, anytime soon. And that, that was posted two days ago, so... Mm. Um, yeah, so it makes you wonder what's going on uh, with him. Presumably not very much, or they haven't got much to report right. at the moment. So, um, oh well, we'll just wait and see and hope for the best. Yeah, wish them well and hope uh, that they can, uh, if they've got any problems, they can overcome them. Okay, so uh, if we're already, uh, uh, well, touring the world, basically, um, Dutch Pinball. Mm, well, we don't rely on you for uh, any information there. Have you spoken to Barry at all recently? Mm, nope. I'm no, okay. trying to remember. I reached out um, to him uh, when we recorded our uh, uh, previous monthly episode, which yeah. was a month ago, of course. Um, I asked about that there were uh, um, some time ago there were plans to uh, do a video stream from the uh, uh, from the factory. I asked whether um, since uh, uh, since there were some liberations uh, regarding the coronavirus uh, situation uh, coming up, I asked him whether he had any plans to uh, to schedule that. Um, but he told me he hadn't 
uh, even thought about that. Uh, interestingly, uh, July 1st saw uh, some further liberations regarding the coronavirus. So, um, who knows? But uh, it could also be that they're just too busy building games and they're, it's not on, on their agenda for, uh, for the moment. So, no news, um, but um, I'm assuming that they're still building games. And uh, especially since uh, the, the coronavirus situation is uh, improving much over here in the Netherlands. So, there's no reason to assume that that's affecting their, uh, their business, contrary, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll ramp up a bit more even. Right. Good. Um, well, we skip one uh, company uh, or two companies in America, uh, which I'd like to get back to. Um, first, uh, Chicago Gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, as far as I know, not much going on there. I think in our last podcast, we uh, we mentioned that Chicago, we've just been in contact with uh, Chicago Gaming and they'd uh, announced or confirmed, I should say, that Butch Peel was, uh, was a, had been employed by the company as their lead service engineer. Um, I think it was actually on the 1st of June that they, they put out a, a statement. So I guess that falls in within the, the, uh, the limits of uh, this podcast, even though we did cover it last time. But um, I, have, I, don't, I don't think I have any other news from them. Uh, do you? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. So, so they're still turning out games. So yeah. I know. Okay. Then uh, we have Cirque Maximus who are working on uh, Kingpin, but I haven't seen any news from them. No, they're uh, the social media, Facebook, and um, the website, and uh, other other outlets uh, are all well, no updates for for many months on those. So I suppose we, we might get some more stuff coming out when when shows are um, you know, imminent but um, not not entirely sure when those shows are going to be um, shows are, are still being cancelled you know um, in in the UK we had our uh, our UK pinfest main national shows that's that's been cancelled um, the, the new show Pinbrew fest which was rescheduled um, until August. Um, that's also been cancelled. That's in uh, Girard in uh, Ohio. Um, things in September uh, haven't been cancelled yet. Um, I know the Austria Comic Con, where Stefan Riedler and RS Pinball uh, are planning to have a big display of games. That's that's going ahead as far as everybody knows. I think it's been confirmed as going ahead for September. Um, and the Ann Arbor Pinball Showcase, you know, Clay Harrell's place um, in uh, in Michigan. That's um, not near Michigan. Um, it is in Michigan. Um, that is um, that was rescheduled as well to September, and that's still going ahead um, at the present time. So, um, and as before, you know, on the Pinball News website, and I'll do this as a blatant plug. Uh, in the diary section, we're keeping track of which ones uh, uh, have been cancelled or postponed or not cancelled, and uh, in our diary, so you can you can find the details of uh, the what will be the next show that actually takes place. Right uh, there. And uh, um, uh, well, speaking of shows, um, mm. Rob Burke of Pinball Expo did send out a um, an email with a questionnaire. Um, asking people whether they are intending to uh, attend Pinball Expo 
if it will take place. Um, and the questionnaire was uh, rather basic, I would say. Um, I couldn't find a fitting answer, uh, but it has to probably to do, it wasn't aiming at international visitors like me. Uh, basically, I would love to attend Pimble Expo, but since the borders are closed, it's going to be a rather difficult um, challenge for me. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a problem, real shame, man. All geared up for that, and um, I got all you know, new equipment and everything ready to go for this year's for the coverage of the seminars. And uh, well, I guess I have to wait. wait right. a year. So, so speaking of coverage of uh, seminars, obviously uh, Pinball Expo is the um, uh, the biggest pinball show uh, with the most number of um, uh, seminars. Usually, would a virtual edition with seminars recorded from various speakers at various locations uh, make sense to you? I think it's, it could certainly work. Um, I, I don't know whether you do it as, as just sort of just pre-recorded um, talks from people or whether you try and do it as an interactive stream. Well, you, probably the better way of doing it, so people can take and take questions from the audience and get well, you, you can do both. You can do a pre-recorded section, and then you go live once that's done and take uh, questions from the audience. I've seen that happen with uh, other Zoom uh, events, so to speak. Yeah, yes, you certainly could. Yeah, that's. Um, if if um, I suppose the question is, what's What's the what's the angle for Pinball Expo if they were doing that? You know, uh, I suppose it promotes the brand for them and you know, keeps keeps the idea in the, in people's minds that Pinball Expo is, is the place where you go to for to, to hear all the seminars and hear the speakers that you want to hear from. Um, but it's a lot of work, and obviously no one's well unless you do it on subscription. No one's contributing to the costs of, of any of this, right? So, yeah, or you have to make it a paid model, but um, um, I'm afraid uh, if people are already being used at the seminars that you record are available for free, I'm not sure whether they would pay for them this time. Yeah, and um, of course the, the recording will, will get out anyway, so just as they do with uh, like the Stern Insider paid ones uh, no all the details are, are made available anyway even if uh, at the time of, of uh, publication or uh, broadcast only those who subscribe can actually watch it it's, uh, it's a difficult model to to make work um, and particularly given the short time scale right but, uh, people extra how to get it all set up and get people signed up if they were going to do that Right, so, oh well, um, hopefully for Rob Burke, um, either Expo can uh, uh, take place as uh, scheduled and people will massively uh, line up to be there. <laughs> it might be the only pinball show this year. Yeah, well, hopefully keeping a suitable distance. I'm really interested to see how they do the, uh, the Stern Factory tour. Right. Well, it might be easier to maybe visit the Jersey Jack factory this time. Yes. <clears throat> well, I think uh, I won't tell you more about, about the possibilities of that. So, oh well. Um, so, let's see. Um, well, there is some other news. Um, uh, some sad news, I have to, uh, to say. 
Mm. And um, yeah, um, uh, again, part of my uh, uh, part of my English, as it's not my native language, but um, uh, earlier uh, or early June, we were informed that Steve Epstein um, was diagnosed with a, a very aggressive form of cancer, and um, I think less than two weeks after that, um, he already passed away. Yes. Steve, um, obviously very well known in the pinball community, um, the founder of the, the Broadway Arcade in New York, and uh, he and Roger Sharp together, pioneers of, of competitive pinball rankings and uh, and tournament systems. And um, of course, Steve's, Steve's reach through pinball goes much further than that, uh, but um, if we, if we went through every everything he's been involved in over the years, we this podcast would, would have another hour at least added to it. Yeah, but but um, yeah, really sad to see that such a such a sudden um, sudden death of, uh, of a well such a well respected. I think I think it's fair to say universally loved and and, uh, and oh yeah, loved. absolutely yes. Uh, I, I've never seen. Well, I've never seen him without a big smile on his face. I've never seen or heard anyone say anything negative about him. So no. uh, I don't think there's anybody else in the pinball industry or business you can say that about. Yeah, that's probably true. And um, I only met him on, um, I think, uh, one or two occasions. It was very interesting to see how he was um, traveling to uh, Europe whenever the uh, IFPA World Championship was held in Europe. He was always there. And um, uh, I thought it was. Um, uh, well, yeah, I didn't expect him to 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 join uh, the championships uh, whenever they were overseas. But uh, uh, I was happy that he did, and I, I was able to meet him that way. So, um. well, his, his legacy lives on through the IFPA and uh, and uh, Papa, uh, yes. uh, Papa, of course, and also. Um, his name lives on in, uh, in the Epstein Cup, right? Um, which is a part of the IPA World Championship, and and not to forget uh, Modern Pinball in New York. Yeah, absolutely. It was absolutely instrumental in in the setting up. Yeah, right. So, and um, oh well, uh, may he rest in peace. Indeed. Yeah, and um, well, uh, other surprising news, um, less dramatic. Um, than uh, the passing of Steve Epstein. Um, Canada's Pinball Podcast was about to uh, air its fifth, uh, 500th episode and didn't get that far. No, uh, 499. And yes, then, um, and that was it. Stopped. Yes, and then it stopped. And uh, apparently, um, obviously, if you're familiar with uh, Canada's podcast um, he was certainly someone who uh, wasn't shy to um, uh, speak his uh, opinion and um, he also uh, didn't mind leaking um, uh, material if he had access to it um, and I think uh, well uh, the most recent leak that he was um, I'm not even sure whether he was the one who leaked it, but once it was out there, 
he um, uh, uh, shared it as well, let's put it like that, uh, was the um, uh, details from the ter- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game yeah. from uh, from Stern, uh, where he, uh, the truth be told, uh, knew a lot of details about, uh, which were all correct. And... Um, Apparently that was his last leak because obviously the show uh, got cancelled and the reason for that, as far as I understood, is that um, uh, there were complaints filed at his uh, employer and I understand he works in uh, marketing and um, he's uh, very good at his uh, job over there and he was called into uh, HR uh, where they told him that um, uh, people were to- uh, contacting uh, the company um, about his pinball podcast. And um, you have to understand that, uh, obviously, the guy has to make a, li- a living. And uh, as such, he was like, well, he's, he wasn't going to let a pinball podcast ruin his uh, marketing career, which is very understandable, and um, as such, um, episode four hundred and ninety-nine uh, was his last episode. Yes, uh, well, <clears throat> I think it's <clears throat> it's fair to say that most most employers these days will have um, various terms and, and conditions in in their employment contracts requiring you not to bring the the company into disrepute. In, in any way through your work or or out of work activities and I guess somebody at some point decided it within the, the advertising company that he works for that um, the, po- the podcast or his um, his actions were not um, were not of benefit or didn't didn't show the company in a good light not that I think any many people even knew who he worked for um, anyway, so it'd be hard to... Yeah, I'm not sure whether it was that, but obviously um, if someone starts complaining with your employer um, and, and they um, uh, want to have a talk with you, then apparently they are taking these claims rather serious. And um, yeah, you can wonder whether it's a... Um, um, what to think of someone complaining to someone's employer uh, about a pinball podcast, um, mm. and uh, obviously online uh, people are speculating who might be behind it. Uh, but as far as we know, there's no proof, so we're not going to call any names either. At least I'm not. No, quite right. No, we, we have no no idea, and uh, there's probably only a very few people who, who do know who that is, and I'm sure they're not talking. Right. So, um, so there we go. But still, um, we have to. Uh, sorry, um, uh, while Canada's Spinball podcast is gone, uh, you have to applaud him for doing 499 episodes. I think that's the uh, the most the biggest number of Spinball podcasts that anybody has ever recorded so far. Yeah, I, I would imagine it'd be hard to beat that. I'd have thought. Uh, well, as long as we keep on running long enough, then we might get there. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's, it's very impressive. And keep in mind, he already won uh, three uh, uh, Twippy Awards for his podcast, and he might even win a fourth uh, while he's no longer around. The podcast, <laughs> yeah. that is. So, um, 
Yeah, um, people might disagree with the way that uh, Chris, uh, which is uh, the real name of uh, Canada, uh, addressed certain issues. Um, but um, um, we also have to acknowledge that um, he was there to warn people about certain individuals um, uh, uh, trying to run a pinball company uh, being full of shit. And he, he was basically one of the few that actually uh, uh, called them out and, and told them, like, this guy is uh, uh, not... Uh, doing what he says or basically flat out lying so um, and it takes courage to do that you know and I also and this is very um, not as um, important probably but I don't think I've ever been able to um, to to hear Chris can I, uh, Chris say um, any ums uh, which is something that I do a lot, and um, I really envy him for being able to talk without any ums. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, uh, I, was, I have to say I've never listened to any, but uh, yeah, from what I've heard, he is uh, very professional in the way was very professional in the in the uh, in the way in which he put in put his ideas over and uh, was was not short of uh, of uh, means of expressing himself, shall we say. Yeah, so, oh well, um, I suppose that's all the news that there is uh, to sum up the uh, the month of uh, June 2020, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it went rather well, I suppose, um, so, it's good, uh, good, good see, it's good to see new games coming out, um, people manufacturing games, hopefully um, locations opening up, so people can can play them on on site, and um, lots of people getting their games at home, and um, hopefully some shows coming up later in the year, but not just yet, it seems. So right. yeah, as you say, positive mostly, with uh, a couple of very very marked uh, sad points. Okay, so um, uh, now before we say, uh, well, uh, basically. Uh, this is the time where we say goodbye, but um, uh, you feel like catching a beer uh, after this? Yeah, I think we can do that. Let's, let's do a, a socially distanced uh, uh, share, share of, a, of, a, of a, a brew or two. Right. Okay. Well, uh, so um, thank you for listening to uh, to this month's episode. Um, I'm not expecting any uh, special interviews in the meantime uh, between now and the next uh, monthly uh, episode, uh, but then again, you never know. Um, thanks for your attention. Um, if you are subscribed to the uh, Pimble Magazine newsletter, you'll also be ge uh, getting a, uh, um, a summary of uh, what is being discussed in this podcast as well. And um, from my end, thank you uh, very much for listening, and uh, I hope to uh, to be back with you next month. Yes, we look forward to it, and uh, we look back on the, on the uh, the month of July 2020. Uh, catch us at the start of August. So until then, from from me, Martin Ayer, and from my co-host Jonathan Houston. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I knew you did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll wish you a very very happy July, and we'll see you next month. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, so um, how about that beer? Um, can you follow me to the kitchen? Okay, okay. cool. So, uh, uh, no, I think it went rather well. Uh, what do you think? Yeah.
yeah, very good. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we covered everything there. It's been a busy month and uh, lots to cover, and uh, I think we've got it, got it all down. Yeah. Is that my phone ringing in the back? Oh, I don't know. Who would be ringing this time? Yeah, it's rather late, so it's probably nothing. Just my imagination. Oh, well. Cheers, mate. Cheers. <laughs>